Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You. I know last week we said it was repetitive for me to say that, but I still said it anyway. (laughs) I am Jennifer White, and I am here with my co-host and sister extraordinaire, Ellen Trackman. Hi. Yay. Uh, Ellen, do you you have, besides you and I, what what are your favorite (laughs) duos? Definitely us. We're like superheroes. I'm Batman. You're Robin. No. Okay. Wait, what? No. Favorite duos. Um, I mean, the the obvious like food ones, like chocolate and peanut butter. Although I feel Mm. guilty. So I have a child who has an allergy and I like have to like hide my peanut butter consumption from her. Mm. Um, And then like the salt and chocolate too, like salt and sugars. Yeah, I do like. I can't have a lot of chocolate, but I do say, like something with salt in it. Like I, I will definitely make that exception for. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, like the classic pickles and ice cream, right? Like that's that's the whole point of that. It's the salty pick. Oh wait, is that is not it? really true? That right? might be. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that that's actually such an overblown hysterical thing that most people don't actually want it. I I, I've never actually craved pickles and ice cream. Um, I've eaten lots of both, but not together. So yeah. Know. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, how about you? Any other favorite combos? Again, besides us? <sighs> no, I'm not sure I do. I mean, I think you and I are just the awesome <laughs> oh, combo. Oh, oh. Oh. The dream team. I know oh. one other dream team that we are about to talk about. Yes. Today, um, we get two for the price of one. No. Um, so we get both antenna parent and gestational carrier, and they wrote a book together, and it's brilliant. And we get to talk to both of them on it. So, um, yeah, here, here we go yeah. for the with Melissa and Emily. Today we have not just one special guest, but two, Emily Dubin-Field and Melissa Fleck, the co-authors together of Experiencing Surrogacy, the newest, most exciting surrogacy book out there. Welcome, Woo-hoo. Emily and Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Hello. you so much for having us in that I love that intro. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. It's like, it's like having a book like Birthing a Baby or Having a Baby. I mean, it's like, is it the same? Like, I, well, gotta, I, gotta I don't know no. about birthing babies. <laughs> Melissa, <laughs> Melissa, you know about babies. I don't. Uh, I got to say, writing a book and having it actually be out there is much scarier than birthing a baby. I will say it. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah. but Emily, is it this? Is it scarier than going through the surrogacy process, putting a book out there? <laughs> um, no, you know what? Like, I was so nervous during surrogacy, and this just felt like really good. I don't know. It felt like like putting a bow on the whole process, and it felt like documenting our journey and like an amazing gift for Ava, you know, my daughter, to read one day. So, it kind of felt like. I don't know. Yeah. Like I tied a little bow around the journey for me. It was very much a love letter. I really liked that. Yeah. (laughs) And before we dive in to kind of give um, listeners a preview of what the book kind of entails that's special about it, um, just to explain, 
this is a very unique book. There's been a number of books coming out about surrogacy experiences, but I, I think this is the only one I've seen so far where it goes kind of part by part of the journey and it tells each of your perspectives. So one, Emily, your perspective as the intended mother of the child and Melissa, your perspective as a gestational carrier. And I think that really makes something a, a unique book to show both sides of the experience, like step by step. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of why I agreed to do it. Um, I, I, <laughs> it's, it's true. I, I, Emily is um, a force to say the least. And this was completely her idea. I have to give her the credit for that. Um, and she came to me with this idea. And at the time I'm like, uh-huh, sure. I'm going to write a book. Like I haven't written anything since I graduated college in 20 years. Oh. I'm not, I, I don't, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Um, but she had this idea and I, you know, started researching the surrogacy books that were out there. Yeah. And a lot of them were very clinical or one-sided. Um, mm -hmm. And I just, the more we started talking about it, the more I realized that, wow, we could actually really contribute something to this genre of, yeah, you know, and, and I, at, at that point I was like, okay, once I did the research and looked into it more. I'm like, I still don't know how to write a book, but let's go for it. <laughs> so, so I'm curious with your process, did Emily write it and did you get to see it before you wrote your portion or did you like purposely no. not show each other? Oh, good. Yeah. No, we kind of did it at the same time. So we came together and did um, the, what is it? 10, I believe chapters, the yeah. 10, yes. um, um, you know, I guess they're, I guess they are chapters. And we just kind of both did our own thing. We spent however many months and just wrote our own thing. And I love that because actually share. you guys say so many things that are similar to each other. That That's, makes it all the cooler. So yeah. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, we purposely, you know, we came up with, okay, what did we think were like the main parts of a surrogacy, you know, and like what are the 10 main parts of, a, of this journey? And then, yeah, like Melissa said, we both wrote, but we didn't see what each other were writing on purpose because we didn't want to influence each other. We wanted to just be, you know, each of our experiences and yeah. And that, and then it was really cool. Like in the editing process, you know, we sent to the editor, like to see what each other wrote and, you know, learned a little bit more about even what the other was thinking. And then also how similar each of us felt at different times or how different we both felt at different times. So that, that was pretty cool to, you know, have gone through all of this, have Ava, and then even learn more about Melissa's experience with carrying Ava for us. Like that, that was pretty cool for me too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and you, I you definitely yeah. really focused on the surrogacy journey. Cause I know Emily, I was kind of amazed that you're like, yeah, there was these two years of like total suffering and, and losses. <laughs> and it was just like very like, Oh, that clearly very was a lot that happened, <laughs> but right. you're just like skimming over like lots and lots of suffering that must've happened. Like, like in a paragraph of suffering. Right. Well, you know, that's a whole different book, right. You know, right, so, right. um, yeah, of course there was, years of hell. I'm sure. How can I say that on the podcast? Yeah. Um, you can you say, may, yes. you may okay, say whatever great. words you like. Yes. Oh, terrific. Cause <laughs> I, I definitely had a lot of those strong feelings and words during it. Um, but you know, for purposes of this book, it was like, okay, now we are at the point of surrogacy. Let's just briefly touch on kind of what I went through to kind of get here. Um, but that's, you know, we wanted to just really focus on that. And especially because, 
you know, for any potential surrogates that read it or potential intended parents who read it, it's like, you know, kind of this really short, we wanted it to be a short, quick read because you might want to read through it two or three times to kind of, you know, wrap your head around some aspects a bit more. But, you know, we didn't want it to just be so, so, so long. We wanted it to just be more, you know, like a guide and a helpful guide for what you can expect and, um, you know, what you're going to go through and to understand really the other perspective. You know, I think our hope too, like, you know, Melissa was saying with the book that there is, you, you know, and thanks you guys for saying that too, that there really isn't another book like this where you hear the other perspective. And, you know, over the years, we've had so many like potential intended parents find my husband and like a friend of a friend of a friend, you know, and they're like, Hey, can you talk to us about surrogacy? And we always, you know, we can share our experience, but we think there's so much value in understanding these women, these surrogates, you know, and through Melissa's perspective of who they are and why they're doing this and the real true reasons, not it's just for the money or blah, blah, blah. You know, sure, it's an aspect of it, but, you know, I won't speak for Melissa. I mean, Melissa, like, really wanted to be pregnant again and loved it. And, you know, and through the years now of us now working in the field, you know, so many, we've met these incredible women who are really doing it because they can't imagine not having their own kids. And if they could give that gift to someone else, it is the ultimate, ultimate. I mean, what Melissa has done for our family in bringing us Ava, like there's no words. I could just cry. I mean, Ava just turned five and our lives have, I mean, never been better because we got our Ava and it's thanks to Melissa, like, you know, and so I think, you know, really understanding the other perspective and for intended parents to understand who these women are. And then for surrogates to understand all the issues we intended parents have, right. you know, and going through this, like it is so true, to, you know, to understand yeah. the reasons that bring people to this. I think there is just these misperceptions out there that gestational carriers just do it for the money. And the intended parents just like are vain and want to like preserve their body from pregnancy. Right. And oh I think it's an example like yeah. that is like the norm where it's like someone really cares about seeing other someone else becoming a parent and likes pregnancy for any other side being like they want to be a parent and they can't get there otherwise. Yeah. Right. You know, and I know, you know, for for yeah, sure I want to preserve my body. Like when people say that, I just want to be like, do you know how much my body went through like right. before getting to this point? Do you know how hard I tried to get pregnant myself? Like the yeah. surgeries and procedures and sh- I mean, I've had more blood drawn than a person who's pregnant gets drawn. I've had more ultrasounds and doctor's appointments. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of, you know, naive when people say stuff like that. But it's like, I tried everything in my power to get pregnant, you know, like it wasn't just, oh yes, you know, I'm a supermodel and this is what I want to do. You know, it's like, it just happened to be a supermodel, but. Well, well, you know, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, you know, infertility, like a big medical condition and, you needed an assistance to, to make that happen. So, you know, um, hopefully, you know, really getting that out there is important to really get people to understand the need for this and legalizing surrogacy everywhere to allow this to happen more. That's a whole other discussion, but. Oh yeah. You missed it before you joined (laughs) us when we were chatting beforehand, we were talking to Melissa that in New York where they're really trying to push for surrogacy to be legalized, that we need to like hand all the legislators a copy of your book to be like, this is what it really is. Come on. 
Yeah, oh, that was one thing yeah. I was saying. Uh, you know, and it's it's shocking to me that Gloria Steinem is one of these, you know, very vocal opponents to surrogacy, to legalizing surrogacy, and she thinks that all surrogates are just being taken advantage of. And you know, uh, it's it's just baffling to me. Has she never spoken to a surrogate before? Has she never? <sighs> you know, she's I, I like what I said to you guys before. I'm college educated. My husband and I have good jobs. I don't need this surrogacy money to live. It's not why I do it. It's not, that is, that is, that is a part of it. And that's, you know, there's no problem with talking about it. It used to be so taboo to talk about the financial aspect of surrogacy. Yes, it is compensated. Um, But, you know, if if you really break that down to an hourly wage, it is not worth it by any means. (laughs) Because this is a 24 hour a day job for a full year of your life. And it's not that's 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 not what it's about. It's, uh, you know, for me, I, I got into it selfishly. At first, because which my is husband, so funny to hear from the, know, the exploited, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, my husband and I originally wanted three kids, and um, after we had we had we had our son, and then we had our daughter, and um, after she was born, we had this overwhelming sense of being done, like our family was complete, and it was just what I couldn't, you know, wrap around my brain was the fact that I would never be pregnant again because I didn't during the pregnancy, during my, my pregnancy with my daughter, I never was like, okay, this is my last first trimester. This is my last glucose test. This is my last, you know, whatever, because I thought I was going to have another one. So she was born and we decided we were done. And I was like, wait a minute. I never got closure on a pregnancy because I thought I was going to have another one. Um, so I jokingly mentioned to my husband, Hey, I could be a surrogate. And we kind of laughed about that for a year before I even really applied but that was kind of my initial driving force I didn't know anyone that had suffered from infertility um not at that time at least I do now obviously Mm -hmm. but you know that was my initial driving force it wasn't the money (laughs) I didn't even know it was compensated at that time it was like I could put another pregnancy in there and help someone else that's pretty cool you know yeah so can you believe women like Melissa exist who feel this way I mean like I know I know There's so many women I talk to that are like, you enjoy pregnancy? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I know. I, I join you. I, I join those women. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, I more often than not, trust me. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, but, you know, I mean, there was, you know, nobody forcing Melissa to do this, you know, on her own and through an agency and a really renowned you know, one of the oldest and best agencies, you know, Melissa, you know, was a surrogate through and same with us. We had the best attorneys, best doctors, like best mental health professionals, like our team, our army, our village around us, you know, and um, yeah. So, you know, hopefully, you know, this book would be great if it got into different legislators hands or, you know, other people, because you really see Melissa on her own free will, like in her desires to want to do this. And on my side, like not having an option, like this was the option. Yeah. And after this it. was adoption. Um, so when you, when you look at that and the power of that and how you can then come together, strangers come together mm-hmm. and do this and, you know, and yes, I'm her mom, but this little Ava is like, there's like the only good embryo and she is sensational <laughs> and she's going to mm-hmm. like 
take over this. I mean, even if she does, like whatever she does in her life, we are happy with, but there's something special about her. And Mm. she was supposed to be here. And, Mm. you know, for everybody who says, you know, you, you know, you made this happen, your body, it's like, no, like I had a condition and you treat a condition. Would you not take your diabetes medication? If you have cancer, you don't fight it. Like if you lose a limb, you don't get a prosthetic. Like if there's some, you know, like what are the options? And thank goodness for the medicine and the science and the women like Melissa, who will do this for people like me. That's amazing. One of the things I really noticed through the book, Emily, that I think also is a misconception for people is that they go, oh, well, you know, you have a surrogate and you just don't care that much about, you know, all you focus on is the baby. And one of the things I really, really enjoyed was the, the love and care you had for Melissa through the process and the amount of concern you had for her and what she was going through and whether she was okay. And I, I just, I found that it was nice to see somebody address that misconception as well. Oh, thank. I mean, I still feel that way about her. She'll tell you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, um, she does. It's, it, that was, it's really, it was, uh, that was something I never ex- expected when I signed up for this. I, I think I say it in the book that I wasn't expecting to gain three family members from doing something mm-hmm. like this, but um, you know, I mean, they, they just showed me. So of course they were, you know, wanting to be a part of the pregnancy as much as possible and making sure Ava was okay and all of that. But there are the, the amount of concern and love that they showed me throughout the process was overwhelming. I mean, there was, um, one point in the pregnancy where I had to go in for monitoring to the hospital. Um, I had just gotten over a cold and was coughing a lot and I was having some contractions. That was 20 something weeks. And, um, I was scared to death to tell them, um, for one, I didn't want them to worry, but for two, there's that, there's that thing in the back of my head going, are they going to blame me? Are they going to think I did something wrong or that I caused this and everything ended up being fine. I was monitored for a few hours and sent home, but I was still, I called my counselor going, I don't know how to tell them. And she's like, you just tell them (laughs) they need to know what's going on. And their first response was, are you okay? Like, what are you feeling? Are, are you taken care of? Are you getting the best care? I was like, yes, I'm fine. And, and, but Ava's fine too, you know? I mean, their, their first concern was for me, which I was like blown away by. So, and that, that's just one, you know, one small story of the entire journey throughout the pregnancy and after. I mean, that's just, that's just who yeah. they are, you know? Emily, do you have a favorite story from the book? Ooh, that's a good one. Favorite story. Um, ooh, let me think about that for a second. Um, well, the birth is like yeah, that was, nothing I have. Uh, I've heard it's a good moment. Ever. <laughs> I mean, it's all right. Like so surreal, literally out of body because it literally is out of my body, you know? And so just thinking, you know, that whole, the birth story and that we were like, you know, we, I say we were in labor. Um, no, like you were the, in labor too. <laughs> on the, like the 10th anniversary of my dad's death and Ava was going to be named in his memory. Like how after three years of infertility, like that's when the baby was being born, you know, and just really makes you wonder, like, you know, our fertility doctor, Dr. Ben Ozer, all along was like, you know, her, you know, I was like, the, you know, it's the science, it's the doctor, it's Melissa. And then she was always like, and there's a part of your dad, you know, spiritually, that's also helping you get your baby. And so I think that, you know, I don't know, it does. It, may, it makes you wonder a little like that that's 
was the, you know, when we were in the hospital and 10, the 10 year and, um, you know, and then, but then other, you know, favorite memories, literally like each moment I didn't take for granted, like the embryo transfer. And I remember when Melissa and Kevin, we, you know, we got there early cause we were anxious, crazy people and wanted to make sure like <laughs> all the paperwork was ready and whatever, you know, like, okay, we yeah. wanted to greet Melissa night, you know, we wanted to be there and okay, we're here, you know, and doing that and, you know, holding Melissa's hand and watching, you know, the embryologist come out and she was like, I'm your first, the first babysitter. And I was like, wow. I, and well, I, I'd actually made note of that. Some like such ah. the, the very sweet lines and like just the honesty. And, the, and I have noted like her, Melissa had said, like, I'm honored to be your, your baby's first babysitter. I thought that was such <laughs> a sweet thing to say, you know? And like, so that moment, but like, then I held my breath until the next moment, you know, I was like, okay, next shoe's going to drop, you know? So each moment really felt special for me, but I was always, I was so scared. I was so scared each time, like, cause literally everything with me didn't work. Every call, every, there was never even like a glimmer of something good happening, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know if that, that answers the question. No, it's bit, I mean, one thing I also really appreciate about the book was that, you know, obviously it was a very positive experience and all of that is presented, but you guys were also very honest and vulnerable. So Emily, I know you shared some of those comments and some of those feelings that are natural, but, and just, you know, let it out there to be like, yeah, there were comments that they kind of hurt your feelings at times. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, I think it was just kind of like my, like my insecurity with it or my like no, I'm, I'm the mom, you know, or, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. any kind of medical appointment, you know, um, a lot of the times, I don't know if really the nurses or the staff really looked at the file before you walked in the room of like what was happening here, you know? So, <laughs> Who are you? Uh, yeah. yeah was, and there was one, there was one a special example that I really liked that was like, where didn't they ask like, why is your sister and husband in the room or something, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's was like, that one of the ultrasounds, I think? Yes. It's like, you yeah. know, Greg and I would stand like kind of in the corner, you know, and there'd be Melissa and it's like, who are these other people? And who's this <laughs> weird guy who's here too? He's obviously not the husband holding Melissa's hand, you know? Oh, um, right. <laughs> and so, yeah, it always was like a little awkward, but, but one thing that Melissa was so great at was just like reassuring, oh no, there's mom and dad right there. And so it would take away any of my, like me wanting to say it or, so, you know, this one of like in the tips at the back of the book, we talk about like surrogates, like really making sure like the medical team knows who's mom or knows who's dad. And if you're not in the room, like, oh, here they are on Skype or here they are on FaceTime. Um, it just, I don't know, it just made me, you know, feel better. And it made me feel like, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm asking questions or stuff, they're not like, oh, well, who are right. you? Of course, yeah. like our doctor knew, you know, but sometimes when, yeah, yeah there'd be like texts who come in or ultrasound texts and, and they don't kind know. of like, oh, you know, yeah. so Melissa, hey mom, how are you feeling? And she's like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not the mom. There's the mom. And like, oh, um, okay. You know? Yeah. And that was, that was never a, a problem for me. Like I, I, <laughs> not, not to sound 
whatever, but I, I didn't want that responsibility. Like, oh. If you have a question no, 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 or not a me. Topic, <laughs> not me. If it has Ooh. to do with me and the pregnancy and my body, yes, of course. But if there's something that has to do with the baby, if you're seeing something on the ultrasound with the baby, I, I'm out. Like that's, that's, uh, that's mom and dad right there. You talk to them and talk to them directly. Um, so I never had a problem going, you know, getting that out there up front and just being like, hey, there's, I don't want any question here whatsoever. I'm the carrier there. The and it sounded parent. so appreciated. So Melissa, something else I really loved about the book of you, of your side was you were just so honest about things that were like, not always like could be embarrassing or not, but like when they talked about the embryo transfer, you're like, yeah, there's this conversation, I think, but like, to be honest, I couldn't remember a thing. Cause I was so concerned about how full my bladder was. Oh was my so, God. It was so funny. I still have nightmares. about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. so, I mean, it's, it's part of the, part of the process. And, um, you know, some, some doctors do it and some doctors don't before an embryo transfer, which I'm learning now, but, um, my bladder was so full. I, I was actually feeling dizzy. <laughs> I was oh, wow. in so much pain. And because they, I, they told you that come with a full bladder and you're not allowed to pee before the, nope. the embryo transfer. Is that right? Absolutely. And, and they tell you, pee. you have to drink this amount of water one oh. hour prior. And Which I said it was I, a lot. It was, it was a lot. I don't even remember, but it was a lot. And they, you know, Emily and Greg, we get there and they're so sweet. And they hand me like this little care package because they knew I was going to be on bed rest for a few oh. days. And they're so excited. And I am trying to be excited. Of course, it's an exciting day, but I was in so much pain. <laughs> and I walk into the room and the nurse takes one look at my bladder through ultrasound and goes, whoa, <laughs> how are you not falling over right now? You need to go <laughs> use the restroom for about three You're seconds. Like, Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was the best. That was the best. But yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I wanted to be as honest as possible because that is a part of the process for some and it can be it can be brutal. But I think the, the, the really, the real reason I put that in there is because having a full bladder was the hardest part of the embryo transfer. Uh, (sighs) It was, there's no, there's, there's no pain involved in it. There's nothing like that. My, the worst part for me was just having a full bladder. So I wanted, you know, potential surrogates to kind of know like, Hey, there's nothing invasive about this procedure. It's easy. You just have to have a full bladder. (laughs) And that was fun for me to read that because I didn't know, you know, what that, like, yeah. that's what Melissa was thinking and feeling during that, you know, so right. and it makes a little sense. Cause I mean, I had embryo transfer, you know, so I remember that too, but in that moment, you know, I wasn't different thinking, for you. Of, yeah, it was, you yeah. know, I was on the different side of it. So, you know, that was, that was cool when I got to read, like, <laughs> was like, I don't know what no, you were saying. She, doing. she was I so politely <laughs> tell, not telling me how much her bladder was hurting her. That was exactly yeah, it. And I really exactly. I tried not to, you know, ever complain when it came to anything mm. with the pregnancy or anything. I didn't, that's what my husband is for. I complained to him about whatever symptoms I was feeling and whatnot. And with Emily and Greg, I know that they wanted that honesty, but at the same time, I, I, gave it to them in little bits because I yeah. didn't want, they, they, they cared about me so much. I did not want them to worry at all. And, right. you know, just the kind of person that Emily is, I didn't want her to ever think like, oh my God, she's miserable. She's having back pain and this and that. And I did this to her and I never oh, wanted right. her to feel that <laughs> right. way. So I really tried to, you know, kind of keep kind. some of those things from her. So did you let your spouses view the draft of the book before you released it? Do you yes. like hide it? <laughs> and will there be a I follow did. up of their perspective? <laughs> you know, they've talked about it. 
They really uh, have. I, that would be cool. So, um, I did, you know, I did laugh, Emily. You do mention more than once about Greg crying. <laughs> like, oh, I'm yeah. surprised that he cried more than me. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, he he still does. Um, oh, so and I am a super emotional person. I think I was just always like kind of numb and like it was just sort of really surreal for me, you know, like, um, it's like, it's different when you're like the woman who went through all the years of infertility versus, you know, Greg, like gave me the shots. He went through the craziness with me, but he never really physically went through everything that I went through, obviously, and trying to get pregnant and all of that. Um, but, oh yeah, like, he cried through the whole thing. And when we finally found out we were pregnant, because we had never, ever, ever gotten a pre- po- positive pregnancy test. I mean, he was literally crying for like days about it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like seeing the heartbeat or here or yeah. there and the, the birth and oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, that's just who he is. And I'm the same way, you know, we're both equally just like deep feeling emotional people. Um, I was just like, I don't know, just really more like not numb about it, but um, I was always still a little worried to feel so much for it, um, mm-hmm. you know, or I would feel it and then I'd go, okay, on to the next. Right. And then I'd feel it yourself. and then I'd go, okay, on to the next. Yeah, you know, yeah, and I think probably, you know, just from other stuff I've been through in my life and grieving my dad, like I just sort of learned how to like handle and deal so I could like move on to the next. Um but yeah, I know it's very, very sweet, but I have to, you know, we were just talking a little bit about that. Melissa, you know, didn't want to complain to me, but she complained to her husband. And I think <laughs> surrogates, if it's a husband, if it's a partner or your sister who you live with, you know, that main support person in your life really is like such an unsung hero in surrogacy. Um, and you know, we really grew to understand, you know, I don't think at the beginning we, yeah, like, you know, sure, she'd complain to her husband or whatnot, but we didn't really understand the imp- the real impact and toll that a, being a surrogate has on her family and her community and her kids and her husband and how, you know, rub my feet and it's not for his baby and, you know, all that kind of stuff and whatever she was really feeling and dealing with that she didn't want to complain to us about because maybe it's just normal pregnancy stuff. But I would go, oh, no, are you okay? What can I do for you? And send her, you know, a massage person to her house or something because that's probably what I would do. Um, Yes. (laughs) um, But, you know, and getting to know Kevin during the process and, you know, his love for his wife and loving her in doing this for someone else um, was something unexpected. And it was also, you know, my Greg really like cannot say enough wonderful things about Kevin and who he is as a man and a husband and a father. Um, you know, seeing that, that that was something we didn't really expect, you know, and that we, that really developed throughout it and the appreciation for, for him. Yeah. We'll definitely keep a lookout for Greg and Kevin's book to come out. (laughs) So another thing that was really special about your book and to talk more about what you guys do professionally is you also had these appendices. So in addition to telling your story and keeping it short so someone could read through it in a really nice, breezy way to, to get all of it, but be able to quickly read it, you also included 
at the end, these tips and advice for people who might be thinking about being an intended parent in surrogacy or being a gestational carrier and what to look out for and what best practices. So I thought that was incredibly helpful. Do you mind both of you sharing kind of your professional side as well as like your your number one tips of like the, the most frequent ones that you wish people knew? <laughs> uh, I can start. Yeah. So um, I... Um, gosh, maybe where to start. So I know, I know, sorry, about a year, probably, I guess, after I delivered Ava, um, you know, I, I was, you know, working in this very corporate job and, um, drowning. I had no work-life balance whatsoever. Um, I liked the job. I didn't love it. It was a means to an end. And, you know, I just, I finally started like vocalizing, putting out into the world how miserable I was. I felt like I had no time for my kids, for my husband, for myself, especially. And out of the blue, I mean, I, I, I out of the blue, I say out of the blue, I think Emily had a little bit to do with it. I think she had kind of put some feelers out there for me. <laughs> yeah. um, but I get a phone call from... Um, the Center for Surrogate Parenting, which is where we did uh, our surrogacy journey through. And it was my case manager. And she said, look, I have an opening. And these don't come up very often for a surrogate case manager. And your name was brought up. Are you interested? And I just went, what? <laughs> I mean, I, I, at this point, you know, was like, I did the surrogacy thing. I got kind of put it behind me. And, um, but it, it never leaves, you know, I mean, it's something that, that you talk about and that, you know, you, um, that it stays with you. And I was, was, I I ended up talking to CSP about it and they were, they ended up offering me the position. And I, the best part was that I get to work from home and guide surrogates on their journey. I get to interview them from interview, you know, through delivery. And Seeing so many other per, other journeys, how do you kind of rate yours? Like, do you think yours is like perfect and special or do you think that others kind of are similar? Um, I or think both. mine, I, both, honestly. I mean, I don't know. Um, I think ours is more on the special side than most. Um, that's not to say that, that, other other journeys are just as special. Other relationships are just as special. I see it all the time <clears throat> that IPs and surrogates have these amazing relationships. Um, and some that are just kind of, you know, somewhere, I would say the majority of them kind of fall somewhere middle of the road. You know, they don't end up being best friends or family, um, <clears throat> but they end up with this great respect for each other. They get, you know, surrogates get updates at least once a year and they love that they did this and they, uh, the IPs love and appreciate their surrogate. And that's probably where most journeys end up. And that's fine for everyone. That's what I was expecting. And that's what I was totally fine with. Not necessarily um, the intended mother sending you a massage therapist to your house anytime you complain and finding yeah. you a new job when you're not happy with your job. Right? And, and, put, and you know, putting me on this book journey that I never would have done right. without her. I mean, yeah. So it's, it's mine is especially... <laughs> especially special when, when comparing, but you know, there's definitely lots and lots of, um, uh, I I would say there's definitely more relationships like, like ours 
than there are on the complete opposite end of the spectrum where it ends terribly. You know, that is so few and far between. Um, and some, and most of the time it's just a personality thing where, you know, we, we, agencies do the best to match, but sometimes it just doesn't work out and there, you know, everyone walks away with an appreciation for what happened, but you know, it just didn't, they just had clashing personalities. Um, so yeah, so I would, I, I, I definitely think ours is a little more special than most. And before we go to Emily's um, professional experience with Terry and her tips, um, really quickly, Melissa, would you do it again? Trick question. <laughs> oh, trick question. Yeah. So here is kind of, once I did that for Emily and Greg, I made it very clear and I said I was going to be a one and done surrogate. I did not want to do it again. Um, and mm-hmm. then our... our <laughs> Our How'd that work out? <laughs> our relationship, well, yeah. <laughs> our relationship was so amazing. And they never they never vocalized it. And I apologize, Emily, if I'm speaking for you. But I got the impression that if it wasn't me, they wouldn't have sought a new surrogate for a sibling for Ava. Oh, wow. And that kind of hit me a few months after I delivered Ava going, Oh my God, who am I to tell them that they're done growing their family? Um, You know, everything went perfect. I'm healthy. So I I threw it out there to them and said, look, I know that I kind of shut this down um, early on, but I am open to that discussion if you want a sibling. And that's kind of how it, how it kind of started. And they went through, and she could probably speak to that better, but I know that they went through a lot um, months and months and months of deciding and thinking and all of that. And yeah. um, ultimately decided it wasn't either the right time or, you know, whatever for a sibling. Mm-hmm. But during that time where they were thinking, I was like getting excited uh. <laughs> to do it again. So when they decided no, um, it was actually Kevin, my husband, who was like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Can we do this again? And he's like, it's not going to be an experience like what we had last time. We can't expect yeah. another Emily and Greg, but if yeah. you go into it knowing that, I say let's do it. So wow. I was matched with another couple and I had another great experience and I delivered a little girl for them in let's see April of 2018. Wow. And then you were two and done. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> then I was done. And then, yeah, oh, no. uh, and then this amazing couple who I've grown to love and who are now a part of my family as well, um, yeah. asked me to carry a sibling. And nice. again, everything went great. My pregnancy was easy. We had first time embryo transfer success. Um, so I agreed to carry mm-hmm. a sibling for them. And I'm now 34 weeks and almost done with my Yay. third and final. <laughs> we, we know not to believe you. But. I know. No one believes me. No one believes me. I don't but, and that you. is like how amazing <laughs> Melissa is and what we hear so much from other surrogates too of, you know, wow, I can do this and, you know, I can do it again. And yeah, I mean, you know, just in awe of, awe of Melissa and what her heart and her body are doing and, you know, this other family, like I know how lucky they are that Melissa was their surrogate and I don't know them, but like, I love them. You know what I mean? It's like, a, 
you know, know it's a like, shared interest. Yeah, we have a shared right. Yeah. We did have um, another guest on who carried for several families and she very sweetly referred to them as like womb siblings. She's like, they're, they're kind of siblings oh, to each yeah. other because they were carried in the same yeah. womb, which I thought was really cute. Right. And isn't it? Yeah. You know, I was just always like, you know, rooting for this other couple, you know, who mm-hmm. I didn't know. I was like, I'm rooting for you to get your baby yeah. and to have that yeah. moment and have that moment with Melissa. Like, you know, it's just kind of that shared, like, I, I'm so excited for you strangers I don't know. And I'm, yeah. I'm rooting I'm rooting for you and I can't wait for you to get to be parents, you know? Yeah. Right. That's oh, sweet. That's great. <laughs> so Emily, how do you mind sharing a little bit about your professional side and your big tips about what you wish people really knew going into this, especially from the intended parent side? Sure. Well, first of all, this is so fun. Um, I feel like we could keep talking for hours, but I, know, um, I agree. <laughs> so, you know, I'm kind of have this like life philosophy or life mantra or whatever. Like I'm, I'm a really big believer in like, when you go through something, then who better than you to do something about it? Um, you know, whatever it might be. And I feel like, you know, when you've lived, you know, you've gone through the trenches of something, you, you ultimately kind of become this expert in something you never thought you would be. Um, and so I'm kind of this infertility IVF surrogacy guru now, um, of just how much I went through. And, um, you know, when my husband and I finally became really open about our story and our journey, you know, we just had all sorts of people kind of come to us or introduce us to people. And we started with just having people to our home and just having like those informal conversations that you don't want to have at a restaurant because it's so private and so personal. And um, so it's like, okay, you know, really feel some kind of calling to give back and to help other people. And that's kind of how it started. And I spent my career in nonprofit management and um, was really loving what I was doing, but I was, I was burnt out and exhausted from infertility. And then I finally got Ava and I knew I wanted to do something different. Um, wasn't sure exactly quite what my husband is an attorney and he's been one for like 16 years. Um, but throughout the process, we became very close with our surrogacy attorney, um, and just had a really nice relationship with him and, you know, still do. Um, and we, you know, a number of months after Ava was born, we were just went to lunch with him just to catch up. And we started talking about things and he was talking about different cases and basically said to Greg and me, we need more of you guys in this industry. We need more intended parents. People have been through it. There aren't that many. There's a lot of surrogates in the industry, but not as many, you know, intended parents. And Greg, expand your law practice. Emily, you should run it. (laughs) And I'll wow. mentor like, you. Okay, we we will. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's a little bit how it started. And you know, Greg had always in the back of his mind thought of like expanding his law practice and what would it be and what would that area of law be. And I have a background in business and fundraising and operations and marketing, and so it was just kind of this natural fit to do that. And so we're like, let's do it, you know. And. So Field Fertility was born on the first year of Ava's birthday. So Ah. um, four years later, and, you know, we've now worked with intended parents and surrogates and egg donors and sperm donors and embryo donation agreements, like all from the legal side, like over six, 700 families we've worked with. Um, And then, you know, I also helped do just consulting or help navigate the journey for people of like, okay, where do you begin? And 
here's some great professional resources. And now we yeah. have the book. Including um, your book. Yeah, and exactly. Of, and of those, let's say, what would be like your top one or two tips for those to just get a little taste of those helpful, helpful lessons from your book? For intended parents or for surrogates or just in general? For intended parents from your side. Yeah. Um, I would say you want to feel really good about your, t- your team of professionals around you. And if you don't feel good about a certain person or certain professional, there's another equally or even better person. So it's scary. You have literally no control in surrogacy, like none of it. But we felt our fertility doctor top notch and she was only going to do an embryo transfer when our surrogate's like body was perfectly, you know what I mean? She wasn't going to like push something. She treated me like a sister. So we felt really great about her. Our attorney, we felt like just knew his stuff and was on our team. Our agency knew, I mean, has been through everything years and years. and was just so renowned that we felt very confident in them. Um, And then meeting Melissa, we were like, yes, she is wonderful. She is physically, you know, our doctor called her a fertility Olympian. And, um, you know, so we just had, I would say you want to feel very good about your team and the communication you get from them and the support you get from them, because that's who you'll rely on. Should God forbid, like there be a bump in the road. Um, you know, and the other tip I'd say to intended parents is to get very realistic about what you're looking for in a surrogate. So we, a number of years ago, we had a couple come over to our home. This is before we were in the industry. And they're like, we want four surrogates at the same time. And we want to have four babies. We were like, let's start with one, you know, (laughs) like just, you know what I mean? Because they Mm -hmm. didn't really understand it or understand how it works. And I will tell you all these years later, they now have one from a surrogate. You know what I mean? (laughs) But like, you know, are just really understanding like where you want her to live like the laws, they're really different everywhere to what are your beliefs on reduction and termination and Mm -hmm. it being an exact match with your surrogate and her partner or husband. Um, Right. You know, well, the laws and, are different for now until we get your book into the hands yeah. of all those perpetrators. And <laughs> yeah. then that's true. <laughs> Let's do but it. But I'd say, yeah, no, absolutely. But I'd say, you know, being realistic that it's not like, oh, you know, if she's not eating all organic, like she's not the one for me. Well, there's a solution for that. You can have organic food delivered to her. You know what I mean? Or like, what are the critical things in terms of where she lives? you know, how involved you want to be, reduction, termination, um, just being realistic about it. And then telling, you know, letting your agency get to know you and your personality so they can match you with someone. You know, if you're like super dom- dominant, you don't want some like weak, mousy, per- you know what I mean? Like, sir, you know what I'm saying? Like it needs to yes. be- a weak, mousy most- gestational carrier would not have been a good fit for you. <laughs> No. Yeah. I'm like, please talk to me. Tell me something. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just That's like, so I need true. to know what's going on. And, but then there's some intended parents who kind of just don't want to be involved too much and that's okay too. Um, and so just finding that right fit, because then we've met surrogates who are like, so beyond like on it and open and writing blogs and blah, blah, blah. And their intended parents might be like, Whoa, that kind of person isn't right for what I'm looking for, you know? So and Melissa was saying that major- the cases where you might not have 
as great of a relationship at the end of all this is usually because of some like major personality issue or some miscommunication that happened along the way. Um, so I just say like, be realistic and talk to your fertility doctor who you trust of like, what exactly are you looking for? Cause the doctors have different BMI, you know, what right. they're looking for, you know, and, and your situation, do you have one embryo? Do you have 10 embryos? Like, does mm-hmm. that mean you want like a first time surrogate or like more of a proven surrogate? So things like that. And I hope that the tip section at the end of the book, um, is like a real value add for yeah. people. Um, cause I, I think, think so. Both- and this as well, these are wise, wise words, definitely to help people. Thank you. Thank you, Bo. Uh, the book is amazing. Everyone go out and get a copy of experiencing surrogacy. Um, even if you're not looking for the tips, it's an amazing, um, fun, fascinating read to really, and really heart, heartbreaking, heart touching, all of the amazing things. Um, thank you both for, for writing it and sharing that with the world and for coming thank on Thank you today. for having us. Yes. Thank you. This was fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, us too. Thank you to Emily and Melissa. You guys are such rock stars and I love your book and I love that you sent me a copy and it was like talking, you know, um, talking to celebrities, getting to to have you on. Right. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. No. And I, I mean, I just, I really, I, I know I said this in there, but the perspective and the love for each other was really, really shown through. It was incredible. Speaking of love, we, we, we Show love, love, well, that, and also I was like, we, we love our time with you and we love our time away from you also. Oh, no. <laughs> um, we're going on another break. Oh, we're going to no. go on another little break of a couple oh, weeks. Don't worry. Just I a couple know. weeks. We'll it's a good back. chance to like catch up on the old episodes in case you have exactly. them all. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Go go find some old good ones. And like give you time to like give us stars and rate us. No, on iTunes. Wait, so you know. you're doing that part for me today? What? No, oh, go ahead. Sorry. My bad. Oh, no, no, no. You go. You you do it. You got it. Go, I'm, go I'm it. done. I'm done. We're good. Oh, okay. So so I think what Ellen was trying to say was we we really love it when you rate us on iTunes. Uh, and we love it when you give us a call or send us messages through our website. You can call us at 303 303- Nine nine seven one nine zero three, and we we always listen, and we we try to get back to you as soon as we can. So, but thank you for real, and we really do love that we're doing this, and we are actually sad to be taking a break. So we will be back in a few weeks, and until then, thank you to our entire team: Amanda, Ashley, Tyler, Lexi, and of course Chris at Work at Bird Studios. So thank you all so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.